Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex and this is Rob. Hello all. And this is episode 215 now and we're recording at 6.30 in the evening on the 29th of June. Um, hasn't been a particularly nice day, hasn't been a particularly horrible day, it's just been a... What happened to all that sun? Is that the summer over? I think I, that's it, yeah, it's done with that. Well, no, apparently we're going to have a heat wave. I, I reckon it's going to come back with a vengeance. When's that coming? They said that apparently through July and August we're going to have to have some of the hottest weather we've had in years, but I don't know if it's true, Rob. Let's not talk about... We have never, we've, never, we've never got bogged down in the weather, Rob. We've managed to avoid that. Let's not fulfil that British Very stereotype. True, yeah. Right, Rob, before we crack on with this podcast, before we get on and, and give, give our listeners their fix of local anaesthetic, mm-hmm. um, I'm surprised I've never <laughs> even said that before or thought to say it. Yeah, I mean... I don't think people tend to usually... Use it as a drug. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. You people do. want to be numb to life, maybe. If you yeah, want to be numb to life, listen to this podcast. I think heroin is often a key ingredient in certain... Anyway, that's not the point right now. Rob, what news have you got, if you've got any? So following on from last week, you remember the, the woman who watched a goose being savaged by a dog? And we got into quite a... No, no I don't. What was that story? Alex, in the park, was it one of your yeah, stories? Yeah, it was the last story featured. It was, this it was, was only a story submitted ago. by... Uh, it was submitted by Steve. Yes, yes, that was it. Because I had the story about the goose and the red thong. I've had a lot on this week, Rob, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I asked you about Sarah. To, no, no, what did I ask you? I wanted to find out... Basically, what, she took the dog... What do the... they do with the remains? Exactly. Yes. And yeah. You said they had an incinerator at the vets. Yeah. And I said, no, they just threw it in a lake on the way home. Yeah. Um, well, no, okay, they may not have an incinerator on the site, but they would normally give it to someone who would dispose of the body, usually by incineration. That's a lot of trust, is it? If you give it to old weird Al in the back there, and he goes, yeah, I'll, don't worry, I'll take it to the incinerator, and he's taking it home and shagging that dead goose, Rob. Alex, and there's only so many dead animals, animals you can bugger in the course of a week. Are there? I've been told. <laughs> right, okay. Any other news, Rob? Uh, no, I mean, obviously, uh, we were talking before the podcast about the possibility of streaming an episode... Um, I think we, we've got still a few bits and pieces we need to air out, but it will happen in the yes, near future. Yes, it will. Um, we want to thank news? everybody for being so engaged on social media recently. Yeah, absolutely. Well, keep retweeting, keep liking, all the things that I don't really know what they mean. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and, I got those uh, two right though, didn't I? You did. Well done, well done. Uh, and I, did, I responded to Jennifer and uh, she hasn't replied. But I'm hoping that's because Because she's... I think she's leaving you eight days to wait now, buddy yeah, boy. Maybe. But I also like to think that she's, she's hard at work making our spreadsheets. Might never hear from her again. Yeah, yeah. Just like Nick Well, she might turn and... up at your front door with, two, with a suitcase saying, hi, I'm staying. Well, she doesn't know where I live. I mean, she's managed to work it, work it out from just what we've mentioned on the podcast. That's well, impressive. I posted where you live on Facebook this morning. Right. Anyway, shall we crack on with the podcast? Yeah, please. Rob, Rob, would you like to hear from the welcome return? Because you know he only crops up every once in a while now of Andrew Parks. <sighs> so Andrew Parks now on The New Shopper, who is the editor of The New Shopper. If anybody doesn't know who Andrew Parks is, I don't know if I can be bothered to tell you, but he's, he's the editor of The New Shopper, which is a big local paper that covers a big area, and he's a bit insane. Um, I think he must be related to Donald Trump. <laughs> don't you? What? Where did that come from? Why? They're very similar personalities, don't you think? Oh, I see where you're coming from. Um, yes, there's... So now, instead of doing a regular comment or regular article, he's now just delivering these random comments whenever he chooses it on, on whatever topic it is. They're not regular, they're not weekly. He might disappear for a month, he might disappear for six months. I miss his regular. I, d- I do wonder, because obviously we know the group of papers that he's the editor for is quite vast. News I'm Quest. Just, I'm just wondering if he struggles to, to bang out these gems. Uh, mm. Anyway, this. Th- what do you think the topic is? Oh, it was today, by the way, six hours ago. 
Uh, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I think I might know because I think I might have retweeted the story. Uh, is it about foxes by any chance? Yes. How yes. Did you, what, have you retweeted his... his... Yes. I said, snatched to the rescue. <laughs> Snow. <laughs> to save the fox. I didn't actually read the story. I just, I just thought it would be a nice, right. a nice way that we could intervene well, with whatever he's talking about. Comment, urban foxes are a pest and we must now take action to control them. And this is, yeah. this is, this is the next in a long list of stories about foxes he's written over the years, to be fair to him. True. It must be that time of year again. On the one hand, bin bags are being ripped apart and rubbish left strewn down the street. And on the other, I receive begging messages from animal lovers about foxes. We all know the reasons behind foxes. Begging messages from animal lovers? <laughs> yeah, that's very good. What does this what does this sentence mean? We all know the reasons behind foxes. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, what do you mean the reasons behind? They're part of evolution, mate. No, but to be fair, the sentence does continue. We all know the reasons behind foxes, comma, naturally at home in the countryside, comma, increasingly moving into built-up areas. So I think he's saying we all know the reasons why they moved into built up areas I mean it's a bit like me because I started living in the countryside and bit by bit I moved into the city you are a fox and also scavenging through bins yeah I know you do the biggest single attraction is human waste of varying sorts right now I won't reignite the issue by explaining the dictionary definition of vermin but surely everyone must recognise foxes are a pest in suburban areas of London Animal Aid claims to be inundated by members of the public horrified by the thought of urban foxes being culled but I receive a large number of messages saying people feel overrun and are desperate for a solution there is no doubt the best single thing we can do as individuals is be responsible as possible with our waste. However, this in itself will not solve the issue. By far the biggest and most idiotic encouragement are those self-proclaimed so-called animal lovers who feel they have a duty to actually feed foxes and encourage them. People must realise that if you seek to feed and therefore domesticate a wild animal, it will become more tame, but it can return to its wild state at a moment's notice. Right. Foxes, like all wild animals, are unpredictable and should be treated with the respect they deserve. They are beautiful things to see in the wild, but not in gardens and not, Rob, on urban streets. Fox numbers are rising, despite what certain experts claim. Experts is in quotes, by the way. Right, okay. And the issue does need to be tackled. The problem shouldn't be hyped out of proportion. Excellent writing, Andy. Excellent writing. <laughs> the problem shouldn't be hyped out of proportion by portraying the fox as a director of humans, but from a health and safety point of view, they need controlling. Of course, any cull must be carried out in the most humane way possible, as no right-minded person would ever want any animal to suffer unnecessarily. Shotgun to the head. Yeah. I would much prefer this problem is tackled now, and any cull is conducted the right way, then leave the problem until we have serious issue on our streets and in our gardens, which might lead to people trying to take matters into their own hands. So he's suggesting that if this continues, the population might rise up in this vigilante movement against foxes. I mean, to be fair, we do know that from what we've been told, the Croydon cat killer has moved on from cats yeah, to other animals. That's true. So maybe, maybe a cat maybe, killer, fox yeah, killer. Why couldn't, instead of killing the cats, why couldn't the, the, the cat killer have just done everybody a favour and killed the foxes? You're right, you're right. I've already heard about two suspected cases of people trying to poison foxes. This is definitely not the solution. It is irresponsible and down, downright dangerous to other animals and humans. On that note, what, what would be a legitimate way of culling a fox? Because if it was poison, a cat or a dog could eat it and die, I'd assume. So how would you do it humanely? Have you any ideas? I have absolutely no idea in the slightest. I don't think you. I don't understand how you could. I mean, I think poison would be the best way to do it. Napalm. <laughs> why? <laughs> Grenade. <laughs> why not remove the ban on fox hunting, and then get the people on horseback who hunt foxes out of the countryside and onto London streets to shoot and kill foxes? Now that would be a sight, and we could all stand behind like sort of picket fences and watch. Yeah, that'd be good. I enjoyed that. Um, good day out. Yeah. Uh, comments, Rob, because there were a fun few. for the family. Yeah, fun for the family. A dog tear a fox apart. Yeah. Clint1971 says, You sad little man. Did one shit in your garden or tear open your rubbish bags? 
which should be in a bin anyway. Give my best to your friend, Mrs. May. <laughs> nice. And Dan Halen said them, says, utter, utter nonsense of the highest order. I'm not even going to bother picking apart this editorial in quotes because I've got work to do. Suffice to say, it's shit. Good day. My Hidden Identity says, I hope you didn't pay the person who wrote this rubbish. Uh, unfortunately, it is the editor of the new shopper. Um, Scorpio I says, his article is full of inconsistencies and lacks logic. Quite appalling from a so-called journalist. No, it's about standing for Andrew Parks. And uh, What a Wally says, the biggest pest in South London would appear to be Andrew Parks who wants to destroy creatures that have as much right to live here as him. I love that. That's almost, that's almost twinning the Fox, the Fox um, issue with the sort of EU national issue. I mean, why would you talk about it in that way? I'm not sure you could say, fo- like, you could say people who've emigrated to this country, immigrated to this country, have as much right to live here as we do. I agree with that. Does it, but talking about foxes in that way is as if they've moved to London with the kids, they've got as much right to live here as we do. Do they? I don't know, do they? I'm disgusted by you, Alex. Of course they do. <laughs> oh, right, okay, I'm displaying my foxist views again. Well, I'm sorry. Um, okay, next story, Rob. Um, is also from the new shopper. And I'm sure you've seen this because it's been covered by a lot of different people now. I hope you have, but it's a great story. It's from yesterday. No journalist wanted to be associated with this story. If I say to you about coffee, do you know where I'm going with this? No. Oh, you didn't hear this. Oh, Rob. Here we go. Bacteria from poo has been found in ice at Costa, Starbucks and Cafe Nero coffee chains, according to a BBC watchdog investigation. This is Ice? Get ready for this, Rob. Uh, Surely this is the episode title. Concerning levels of faecal bacteria oh God. <laughs> in ice. Concerning levels of faecal bacteria are present in ice at three major high street coffee chains, according to an investigation. Samples from drinks at Costa, Starbucks and Cafe Nero reportedly found to be contaminated in lab tests carried out by BBC One's consumer series, Watchdog. Faecal coliforms, which can faecal coliforms is a good name for a band. Yeah. Which contain disease. I think it'd be a punk band. Yeah, which contain disease-causing pathogens, that's the name of the album. Yep. Were present on seven out of ten ice samples in Costa. Seven out of ten. That means seven out of ten cups of iced coffee have faecal coliforms in the well, ice. It kind of worries me because I actually had one of the milk, uh, mint milkshake from Cafe Nero about two weeks ago. A milkshake? Yeah. They do milkshakes. Very nice, time. yeah. Three out of ten. Was it like a coffee milkshake? No, no, no. It's so it's um it's sort of a, 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 obviously a, a, a milk milkshake, a milkshake, if you will, uh, with uh, like a um, a mint sauce that then has crushed ice and then it's blended together. Why didn't you buy a milkshake from McDonald's? No, they're too thick. I don't like them. It puts me off. Anyway, three <laughs> sorry, out- listeners, that was dull. Three out of ten, I enjoyed it in <laughs> Cafe Nero, and three out of ten in Starbucks. Tony Lewis from the Chartered Institute of Environmental Health told the programme, the levels of contamination of faecal bacteria concerns me a great deal. Concerns me too, Tony. Why were they testing ice? Because ice is often known as being contaminated. They always say if you go on holiday to a dodgy country, never eat the salad or the ice. Who's shitting in the ice? It's not about that. It's that ice is is made, isn't it, by pouring water into a compartment making the ice. And if a human hand touches it, those human hands can... But surely these are only trace amounts. They're not going to cause any serious... Are they? <laughs> yes. Oh. The bacteria found opportunistic pathogens, Rob, like you. The source of human disease. <laughs> These should not be present at any level, never mind the significant numbers found. Cleanliness of tables, trays and high chairs at the change was also tested at 30 branches. A Starbucks spokesman said it takes hygiene extremely seriously and nothing is more important than customer safety. Well, profits, I thought. So yeah, yeah pro- have, and non-payment of taxes. Yeah, we have moved quickly to conduct our own investigation into the claims about the stores, he added. All employees nationwide have received updated training on our high standards of hygiene, including <laughs> including ice handling. If you have a shit, 
Don't hand the ice, all right? It's not fucking difficult. Yep, Costa said we're disappointed with the findings, especially as these stores are all rated very good with a top hygiene rating of five. They've taken immediate action. Cafe Nero described the findings as concerning. They're conducting a thorough investigation. 99% of our stores are rated as very good or satisfactory by the local environmental health officer, making us one of the most highly rated businesses on the high street. The first episode of the new Watchdog programme will air on BBC One. Hang on, there's on no... On Wednesday at 8pm. That's yesterday, people. So. There's no response for Starbucks. Yeah, I read the response. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that was. I heard the Cafe Nero, and I just thought Star Wars went. Well, it happens. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, last story here, Rob. Uh, a sad story. No. Oh. Um. But nevertheless, amusing. Okay. As they often are. It's from the Telegraph, the Tory rag. Lovely. They should call themselves that. By Max Getty on the twenty seventh of June, two days ago, at. 5.28pm, just before he knocked off for work. <laughs> sunbathing couple squashed by reversing bin truck. <laughs> okay. A young sunbathing couple was squashed by a reversing bin truck in front of two children of families. There's enough of this, that's horrific. A family has claimed, but I don't think they need to put that in there. Why would you make that up? Also, the word squashed as well. Is, yeah. 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 The teenagers, young love Rob, aged okay. 8, 19 and 20, are believed to have been backed onto a driver working for Norwich Norse, a cleaning firm, while sunbathing on the graph in Earlham Park, Norwich, on Sunday. Okay. Witnesses claimed the driver reversed over the couple before re-running over the girl when he was confused by a family shouting at him. <laughs> Do you get the image here? Confused by a family and shouting. So he ran over her again. <laughs> Both of the teenagers who have not been named were taken to Norfolk and Norwich University Hospital where it was found the man had sustained trauma injuries to the liver, stomach and kidney. Oh, shit. He has now been released from hospital. The girl suffered a broken broken vertebrae, collarbone and also fractured her sternum. She remains in hospital in a stable condition. Otherwise, I couldn't have read this out. No, of course. Terry Chandler, great name, 29, sounds like a Hollywood actress, said she was with her two children aged six and four when it happened. This is, what, this is how she recounts the story. The couple came and sat down next to the bin on the floor. Always a mistake, Rob. Mm. Then a Norse 4x4 truck came along to change the bin and the truck was parked behind the bin. The guy got out and we were chatting to him. He changed the rubbish, put the, put the bag in the truck and started to reverse. I started screaming at him to stop and telling him there were people there, but he didn't hear. I was screaming at him to stop, but he, then he stopped on them. I was screaming, so he reversed back <laughs> off them. God. and ba- he, he reversed back off the girl and then back over her again. <laughs> The driver has spoken, been spoken to by police and inquiries are ongoing with the help of the health and safety executive. A spokesman for Norwich North confirmed it was, it was confirmed they are investigating the incident. We are now investigating how two members of the public came to be injured on Sunday evening followed an incident involving the Norwich North environmental ma- van making a routine litter collection near the river in Eldon Park. Our thoughts and best wishes are with those injured people at what is clearly a very distressing time. Our driver is currently off work and is being offered support. We will assist Norfolk Constabulary and the Health and Safety Executive in their inquiries in any way. I don't we can. understand. So, okay, I can understand initially that he reversed over them. So then. In the commotion where she. Stop! Said, stop! You're running over people! Oh, oh, I'm sorry, right? Okay, I just said this. Move it forward. I think he panicked and started just pressing pedals. Yeah, so he moves it forward and they went, oh, was, was, that, was that the right direction? No, it wasn't. Then reverses back onto them. To be um, fair, he didn't speed away afterwards, so for that he has some credit. Yeah, but it was a dustbin lorry. It'd be very difficult to do. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, Rob, you got a story for us there. Yes. Or stories, even. Stories have got three of them, actually. Yeah. Three? Don't be three, three Rob. Well, I just had three, so... Yeah, well, I thought, yeah. Anyway. So the first one is from the Essex Live website. Uh, the story is by Richard Duggan. Right. Sounds like a wrong And it's from the 21st of June. Um, a headline... 
As the shopper horrified after disco- discovering a swimming costume of the topless Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Sw- hang on a minute. What, what do you mean a swimming costume of the topless Ariel? It had a picture of Ariel topless on the swimming costume. Fuck, in Asda? Yeah. Was there tits out? Yeah. Can I see? There is a picture, yes. In time. <laughs> Ever since I was a kid, I was going to that underneath that bikini. I mean, you might be slightly disappointed. Why? You'll see. And as the shop has been left horrified after she's discovered an unfi- unfortunate manufacturing error on a children's swimming costume, Chelsea Monson uh, had gone to a local store at the Ventura, Ventura Park in Tamworth on Tuesday, June the 20th, when she found a Is costume... named after Ace Ventura? <laughs> You're trying to claim the shopping park in Tamworth was named after Ace Ventura? Yes. Possibly, yeah, it could be. <laughs> I really it hope it is. I'd love it if it was. I don't think it is. Uh, when she found a costume featuring the princess, uh, the Disney princess Ariel, protagonist of The Little Mermaid. So is what's happened here that somebody's gone onto Google and looked up a picture of Ariel and got some pervy pic of her without thinking about it and just shoved it on? No, no, It was a manufacturing error. Oh, okay. Although, mm. but but rather than seeing Ariel modestly clad in her purple, <laughs> in her usual purple shell, wasn't bra, that modest? No, true. Twenty-two-year-old uh, Chelsea was shocked to see the images. <laughs> the, sorry. <laughs> the mermaid's image had been, had been printed without it, making it appear as if she was bare-breasted. Uh, as originally but reported sorry, by... But sorry, sorry, I understand how printing works, right? The only way that that would happen... A printer can't just emit a bikini top. Yeah. The only way that would happen is if it had been photoshopped out. It, which it does look like it has been photoshopped out. Let me out. see the picture. <sighs> okay. yeah, put, this, put this into context. Yeah. Hang on a minute. Alex, you need to calm down. I can see. I can see you getting a hot sway. Is there a way to zoom in? <laughs> is there a way to zoom in? You're right. That is very odd. No, she has a... We should tell her this, that she doesn't have nipples. <laughs> <laughs> is that the most ridiculous statement we've made on the podcast? You can kind of see where the bikini... You're right. It's, it's almost just been completely omitted. Yeah. It's like there, there has been a printing it's like, error. It's like it... Because I think... Wasn't that bikini like a kind of greeny? It was, it was a, two blue shells. Yeah. Maybe it just ran out of that colour. Possibly. If you scroll up, you can actually see what it should look like. How the hell would that happen? That's been, the only way that could happen is to be photoshopped out. Somebody's having a laugh. Do you it. think that was someone's last day? Well, at the printing company. For, it's be. Yeah, I do. It's like, fuck yeah, this is what I'm going to do. But then uh, at least put nipples on it. <laughs> I have to sound disappointed. You're disappointed because the swimming That's costume... my evening did, ruined. Uh, I'm sure if you go if you onto the internet, you could find a picture without a swimming costume on. No, no, you, you can quite easily, yeah. Right. Uh, as originally reported by the Tamworth Herald, uh, sports development and coaching student Chelsea took to social media to point out this grave mistake on the seven-pound costume. Uh, she told the Herald, me and my partner were quite shocked about it. We both said if the, if the design uh, was to have a, a bikini top sewed onto it, it would have a bikini top printed on too, just in case something less happened. So you're, you're trying to maintain that if there's a printing error in the future, they should also then sew on a bikini top onto a just-in-case that's ludicrous. This woman isn't very intelligent. <laughs> and did, also, did you get a voucher? Uh, I don't think she... Um, the issue was brought to the attention of the Asda service team, but they haven't commented. <laughs> it's like, we don't care. Uh, my next one goes back a bit, because I happened to stumble across this by accident. But it's right. a good story. So again, from the Essex Live, from uh, the 1st of... No, sorry, 9th of January, 2017. Sorry. So how did you only just come across this article? I, I, I clicked on a link by accident. and uh, Why didn't you see it in January, Rob? Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. yeah, oh, too, okay. a lot going on. 
How have you zoomed in on here? Why can't I zoom out again? What did you do? Uh, do control minus, I believe, should zoom in. Oh, thank you. That's handy. Do you never know? I, no, do I didn't that know that. Time, yeah. Great, okay. Uh, it's by... <coughs> excuse me. It was by uh, Rachel McDermott, who I think did the other story as well. Um, Essex bus driver gets stuck in manure on farm after <laughs> taking wrong turn. <laughs> I love this story. Stuck in manure, man. Can you imagine? Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, a bus driver ended up in a mound of manure after taking a wrong turn onto a farmer's land. Wasn't, the dro- wasn't, Alan, wasn't um, Alan Ames, was it, on his land? Get shot, mate, if you do that. Do you think he could have stolen the bus? Yeah. Why have we not heard him? No, not him, no, not him doing it. I'm saying, was it Alan Ames' land? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, that's a very good point. I don't know what that is. He's somewhere in the Gambia, isn't he? Oh, yes, of course he is. That's right. I need to look him up again. Well, wasn't Steve meant to be our roving Eagle Heights correspondent? Yeah, it's gone quite Steve, quiet. get on with it. Steve, go to, um, I mean, I'm trying to think what would be the Gambian news website or the local Gambia. <laughs> do, do you reckon he's already got in trouble like in a domestic in, in, incident he's been holed up by the courts? Wouldn't that be brilliant if in Gambia there was a local paper with crazed Englishman shoots someone in the back for looking at his cheater the wrong way? I think it'd be more like a, a man gets into altercation with giraffe or ma- man punches giraffe. Yeah, that kind um, of thing. Assaults wildebeest, that kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that that was a case. The driver of the single-decker North Signs labelled no through-road and no unauthorised vehicles and ploughed down the pothole road in Faxted. But after, a, after driving a mile from the main road, he ran out of tarmac and slid into a muck heap, which lay on private farmland. Oh. After finding himself completely struck, the driver had no option but to knock on the door of the farmhouse and ask for help. <laughs> uh, farmer James Mizzen, 50, said it was one of the most bizarre things that ever happened on the farm. I honestly don't know how he ended up this far down. We believe the road was closed, and so he'd been told to turn right by the sign, by the sign for the turkeys. Uh, we haven't signed up from before Christmas, so he must have thought ours was the one, and kept on going, and going, and going. Um, it was marked as being bound for, <laughs> for Stansted Airport, but when it turned up at the farm... Uh, sorry. He was trying to go to Stansted Airport? Yeah. In his... So this is just a regular driver? It's just a regular driver, yeah. There's, oh, they've no, got all the suitcases in the no, back. No, 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 there's no passengers on the bus. There's no passengers on the bus. So I think he was down there to pick them up and bring them well, back. Well, either way, they're standing there waiting while he's strapped in manure. But I love this. So it was marked as being bound for, uh, for Stansted Airport when it turned up at the farm, but soon changed its screens to not in service after getting stuck. Why did you bother? <laughs> Rob, you should always follow procedure. <laughs> You're right, Alex. Yeah, not in service. <laughs> Um, James who runs the farm with his wife Karen yeah Uh, 49 said we managed to pull the bus off Uh, that's impressive Uh, but yeah we managed to pull the bus off the the grass and back onto the area uh, that wasn't sloppy with mud it certainly gave us a bit of excitement but we were baffled about how we managed it why is there so much manure there? well it's a farm yeah it shouldn't be just it shouldn't just be rivers of manure Rob I mean I (laughs) Clean it up. I think rivers of manure is probably an exaggeration, but every, every farm has manure, Alex. You know, this this might be this farmer's livelihood. People, that was Enoch Powell's other speech. People always remember the rivers of Blubble, never the rivers of manure. Yeah, it didn't it was, go down as well. No. Stank out the house of the farm. <laughs> exactly. Uh, my last story is from the, the Gloucestershire Live website. The Citizen. Otherwise known as the Citizen. By, it's by Does Rob Essex Live have a moniker that I can call it? Uh, not that I'm aware of, no. You can make one up. Chav Times? <laughs> I'll cut that out yeah no I don't think you need to um, now you'll remember a few weeks ago we featured a council that was considering ban- banning a cat because of, because of health and safety concerns no do you 
Alex, I'm, I'm worrying about. Oh, the memory. cat. Yeah, yeah, the cat. The cat who was visiting the council offices. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was it. So this is a story about that, that same council. Uh, not the cat though. No, I don't, I'm not sure I'm the cat. Although probably dead. By they now. do talk about the Croydon cat killer. Mm. You say that the headline does have the word party food in quotes. <laughs> so, <laughs> row after council spends nine hundred pounds on party food for councillors. What is going on at this organisation? <laughs> it's great. Tewksbury Town Councilman Chris Sy for spending nine hundred pounds on buffet food at one of its meetings. So, what's Tewksbury Town Council? Oh no, this is Gloucester, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why aren't they called Gloucester Council then? Uh, this is the town council, so obviously this is a very small unitary authority. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a very small unitary authority is a good episode title. It is. Uh, the cash was spent on the, the authority's annual mayor-making event in uh, Watson Hall in Barton Street in May. It's a mayor-making event. They um, make a mayor out of paper mache, do they? And here's our mayor, and then they burn him. Uh, not quite, no. A mayor-making. So basically every year, so a mayor is, is obviously uh, a ceremonial role for one year. And then at the end of the end of, that end of his term, then there's a mayor making to... They burn him. Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so basically it is to welcome the incoming mayor. Right. Boring, but true. Uh, I like the idea of making him out of paper mache and, and just set him fine to him. Yeah. I mean, there's probably... Kill the mayor! <laughs> there's probably other parts of Gloucestershire that may well do that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the Forest of Dean. Uh, it prompts the member of the public to suggest that money should be spent uh, on the Tewsbury Food Bank instead. Emma Lewis formally made the proposal at the council's main meeting in June, saying, I would like to propose that the council introduce a tradition that people of Tewksbury can be proud of and donate the money that's usually spent on the mayor-making banquet at Buffet, I should say, to the food bank. Councillors offered to consider the matter when they met in October this year to start putting the, the council's budget for 2018-19. So you're saying they just ploughed ahead anyway and spent it on their party food? Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> One member has now criticised this decision, saying he believed the idea should have been acted upon and put off until later that year. Councillor Simon Carter proposed, uh, supported the proposal and said the councillors should stop spending taxpayers' money for catering when it's quite simply a private party of the councillors, their friends, family and invited guests. Yeah, that's not really on. No, it isn't. Um, outspoken Mr Carter is no stranger to controversy at the council. Earlier this year, he outraged some of the, of the uh, colleagues by describing the Queen as... A little old lady living in the country's biggest council tax funded council house in the middle of London. Is that your episode title? So Can you uh, condense that? A little old lady living in the country's biggest tax paying funded council house in the middle of London? Possibly, yeah. That's very good. And in 2015, he was reprimanded for calling the then uh, town mayor, John Badham, a tosser during a full <laughs> council meeting in the town hall. I like this man. Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah, no, I'm not, I think that probably says everything we need to know. <laughs> Okay, Rob. Uh, I've got one story here, and then I assume you've got the listener story, have you? Yeah. Um, this is this is quite lengthy, if I, but only really because of the comments. Um, but it is a story well worth reading out. It's from the Daily Echo down in uh, Bournemouth, uh, by Lauren Howard. No relation to Michael Howard, I don't think. Right. From the twenty sixth of June. Headline: Rob, living in a tent because we've been evicted from our home twice, and we have a baby on the way. A family, of a, a family of soon to be four has been forced to sleep in a tent in a family member's back garden after being evicted from their home not once but twice. Jamie Starling, his pregnant partner Rachel Barter and their four-year-old girl Amy have been living in Rachel's mum's garden for some weeks now, several months after they were forced 
from their home. Right. The family had been living in private rented accommodation in Canford Heath when Jamie, 35, was made redundant. He soon found work with Borough of Pool as a bin man, but only on a zero-hour contract and was unable to earn enough money to pay the rent in full. They were soon evicted by their landlord, but chose not to pay the final month's rent, fearful their deposit would be kept. The landlord took them to court and they found themselves with a CCJ, which has meant they have failed every credit score since, a prerequisite for anyone for trying to... Hang on, so they were were afraid they were going to lose their deposits and then neglected to pay the last month's rent? Yeah. Yeah, that'll do it. (laughs) Yeah. Borough Paul stepped up and moved the family to a bed and breakfast, Mr. Stalin claims, but their room was then relocated but their room was then reallocated to a different family and they were forced to move. They'd been unable to stay at Rachel's mum's home because of its size and severe health problems of one of the family members. I still can't believe there's not enough room in that home for them to camp. You, you can sleep in a tent in the garden, son, but you're I, not I stepping think it's the opposite. in the house. I, I the house is massive. She just refuses to let them in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Starling claims the council has tried to help them relocate, but only to unsuitable locations, some of which have been so bad he would not want to bring a dogger up in it, what? let alone his child, he said. Miss Barter, 30, is due to give birth in four weeks and their situation has left the family in dire straits. We go to numerous estate agents. We have to spend a lot of money going through the system only to fail the credit checks. There's no point you keep turning up if you're going to fail the credit checks because you just each time you fail one, it makes it more likely you're going to fail the next. Yeah, true. We can't now afford to do it anymore. The couple were shown around a flat on Friday, June 23rd that Mr. Starling likened to, in quotes, a crack den. <laughs> Rachel has been Sounds in hysterics, not- he says, because she thought I was going to make us live there. You couldn't bring up a dog in there. There were holes in the walls and no carpets. We're safer in the tent. The couple have managed to install electricity at the tent so they can watch television as a family. <laughs> uh, okay. How do you do that? How do you install electricity? Surely it's a really long extension lead. <laughs> a spokesman for Borough Pools. It's just like the idea they comment. walk in and literally they've really taken the the, uh, the the indoors outdoors. And so they walk in there, there's like a lava lamp in the corner, there's like a, a George Foreman girl with down numbers on the floor, there's like a fan blowing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> satellite dish attached to the roof. <laughs> anyway, a spokesman for the, but the borough pool is unavailable for comment. This is um, this is actually that much funny story. I mean, I do feel terrible for them. Of course. The yeah. reason I'm reading the story is because the details were quite amusing and because of the comments, which do go on a bit. Right. Prepare yourself because this is Bournemouth. Uh, the Bifkin says these people need to think about in caps why they feel the need to reproduce. Close quotes. <laughs> when they cannot provide for the family, they already have. There is a license for TV. Well, we don't know that, mate. Why not children? I hope they get nothing from the taxpayer. If they live in the gutter, then so be it. A lesson to others. Pablo, 23, says, presumably impregnated his wife before he was made redundant. (laughs) Chris at Bournemouth says, ha ha, definitely a disgruntled tenant there. Obviously couldn't get away with something and now you're all up in arms about it. You forget that rental property is to make the landlord money. It's not a charity. Lovely, but true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Baker01 says, get used to it, unfortunately. There are 18 more illegals newly arrived who have just leapt in front of you for any help going. Right. Oh, my God. Chris234 says, try changing illegals to humans. Reread it, re-read it back to yourself as it will make you sound less like a cretin. <laughs> Baker01 says, no, they're illegal human immigrants, you moron. It's attitudes like yours that have this country on its knees. Twat. Okay. Chris234 says, no, they're humans more so than you could ever be, you ignorant dimwit. 60 years back, you would have complained about Jamaicans, then Pakistanis, Eastern Europeans after that. Plus, the only one on their knees is you, probably in front of Nigel Farage or Tommy Robinson. Just remember to ask for a cigarette afterwards. <laughs> Baker 01 replies, Humans that have broken into my country. I suppose if a burglar broken into your home, that would be okay too, huh? Do you share with the homeless, those less fortunate? Do you have them living with you? If not, why not? 
Britain does not belong wholly to you. It's all of ours, so accept everyone's opinions and stick your petty race card up your ass, tree hugger. What's that? I have to say, that's quite a common argument. It's just like, okay, if you feel sorry for these people, why aren't they living with you? It's just, that's not really how it works. No. Ramona says, uh, Indeed, here we have Britain in the 2010s. Unmarried couple, three kids already propagated, now another on the way, despite having none, despite having no or an unstable job. Presumably never heard of condoms, or there's no money left after the 53-inch colour TV had been bought. And who can guess the total cost of hard-working, law-abiding, taxpayers for the flood of benefit handouts that this lot will now be enjoying? All this story needs is a classic echo, arms folded, I'm angry pose. It would be a perfect metaphor that all it, for all that is wrong with this era these days. A truly shocking, shocking state of affairs. That's almost, again, that, that's one of those comments that almost reads like it's been written with deliberate, ironic, right-wing intent. Like, it's almost like not real. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, Evidential says, not rocket science to say they should accept a roof over their heads either. If it's grotty, they'd be grateful for what you've been given and clean it up. Believe it or not, plenty of other people have to do that. Even people who end up buying their own places off a moving to property that can be described as a filthy dump, but they clean it and furnish it with second-hand stuff or get good quality things off free cycle for nothing. Of course, it's easier to go to a tent, pretend they are done by, and expect a taxpayer to pick up the bill for something much nicer. I'd imagine there are plenty of homeless people that would love to have the properties they've been offered. Uh, I do you know what I have to say. I, I yeah, they should probably, disagree with that. They probably should have accepted that place, but I, because I can't think that the tent is better. But Paul's five 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 says we wish we all wish your parents had used a condom, Ramona. Then we wouldn't have to read your hateful, ignorant, heartless, moronic comments. Born, 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 says proof once again that you have to be a benefit scrounger to live well in this country. An absolutely ridiculous comment. An absolute. <laughs> It's a ridiculous comment. And the last comment, Robbie, we please, we are at the end, uh, from Cantas, who says, probably what you're feeling and I'm feeling, just simply says, this is intense. <laughs> okay, Robert, it's time for our listener story of the week. I've kind of broken the rules, Alex. Why? Well, don't tell me it's not from a listener. Well, te- it's not from a listener. Hey. Eh? Although this story was sent to me. So my friend Matt sent me this story. Well, then he's a listener. Yeah, but he doesn't listen to the podcast. Why not? I've tried. Right, okay. Anyway, he sent me the BBC version of the story. I've gone to, I've gone to the source. I've gone to the local paper because obviously I, you know, I do my best to make sure we're promoting local journalism. So this is from the Northern Echo. Where's that cover? The so, whole of the north. Yeah. Above London. Anywhere above the N25. No, what does it cover? It covers County Durham, it covers Tyneside and North Yorkshire. Right. It's from yesterday, so it's still quite current, and I think this is a slight updated story as well. Um, it's by uh, Tony Kearney, who's the news editor for North Durham, and the headline. Supermarket giant Morrison's gives its blessing to Stockton shopkeeper, who changed the name of Tyneside shop to Morrison's. Morrisings. Yeah. Right. That was generous of them. Yeah. So, it's so your second story about supermarkets this week, Rob. This is true, yeah. Supermarket giant Morrisons has backed a shopkeeper who changed the name of his corner shop to Morrisings. So, actually, his name is <laughs> Sing. Mr. Sing. Morrisings. Yeah. Brilliant. The High Street Giant said it did, did not Did he check mind. with them beforehand? No. 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 Uh, the High Street Giant said, he did, uh, said they did not mind the cheeky new name of Jell Singh uh, Nagra's shop in West Lotmans. Which doesn't sound like a place. West Allotment, uh, which is in North Tyneside. The 42-year-old businessman originally called his, his Benta Road shop 
Sainsbury's, but was, <laughs> but was told he was facing possible court action by Sainsbury's, as the name was too similar to its own brand. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, it's really yeah, miserable. It is, and I think Morrison's response to it was clever. Yeah. Because, again, they're, he, they're getting good feedback as a result yeah. of that. Yeah. Mr. Nagel from Stockton... Um, Risk the wrath of another supermarket chain with his cheeky name change last week, but spokesman Morrison said the company were perfectly happy with the new name for the convenience. So, let me Did he change all the hoarding to Sainsbury's? Oh, yes. And then, he, and then, even though they came down on him hard, he decided to spend more money on doing this with no guarantee that it would be acceptable. Yep. He's a bit of a uh, renegade. Yeah, he is absolutely. Mr. Nagel and his customers obviously have good taste, so we wish him well. Uh, Mr. Nagel said his shop's um, Morrison's makeover cost three hundred fifty pounds. But that, he thought, was money well spent. The David vs. Goliath story has, shared, has been shared tens of thousands of times on social media with supporters around the country backing the change of name. Customer Sarah Harrison uh, Shields posted on the shop's Facebook page. Now, I've been debating about this. Should I do, because it's kind of Cadstone, which is not far from, obviously, like Newcastle, that kind of thing. Do you want to try and do a Newcastle, like, or that kind of area accent? Yes. Okay, so let me think about this. So, you're a jewellery. This guy's this guy's great. Uh, Are you doing Mr. Singh? <laughs> no, no. Sorry, I'm getting confused. This guy makes me laugh every time I get bust. Nice bloke to nice, nice, nice. Well, you sound like nice having a stroke. <laughs> Can you please stop it? It's offensive. We apologise to anybody listening. Anybody from another country listening. People from that the, the Geordie area don't actually talk like that. Uh, fellow shopper Christina Marie Campbell uh, added, "This is actually mint." That's if you want to hear how a Geordie speaks, you need to listen to Cheryl Cole. Yeah. Um, or Jimmy Nail. Or Alan Shearer. <laughs> yeah, or Jimmy Jimmy Nail. Yeah. Alan Shearer or Kevin Keegan. That 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 is the population of Yeah, Jordan I mean uh, and if you want to listen to the national anthem, obviously just download the song Crocodile Shoes and it'll make perfect sense. Um she added, You'll be the most famous shopkeeper in Britain before you know it. Like I don't know why you're spitting. They yeah, don't spit when they talk. Through. So they're not. It's more the Welsh, isn't it? Miss Nagra, a father of two, said it was just a laugh, and we hope we can put it. Uh, we can hope we can put West Allotment <laughs> on the map. Right. Uh, any? There's, there's some comments. Uh, <coughs> uh, be honest, says Weldon Morrison's shame on you, Sainsbury's. Yeah, see, Sainsbury's have come out badly here. Uh, it, it, absolutely I mean it's, it's just a, a case and there's of, no way to recover from them now they can't no. they can't do anything about it no um, apart from maybe try and run him out of town which seems seems really unfair really just step it up yeah intimidation <laughs> bankrupt his family yeah. until he's living in a tent <laughs> yeah that kind of thing yeah. um, not not Odin I think that's right uh, yes absolutely where's the harm wish him luck uh, Cromwell uh, 1599 says common sense prevailing what is the world coming to well done for Morrison's for seeing the, the funny side um, bad granddad says uh, that's how grown ups behave let's all clap at the children who complained in the first place mm. uh, and uh, rap man <laughs> hey your turn hey. can I get a on that yeah you know when we had that long thing about Roland Rat which was hilarious yeah <clears throat> I went back and watched Somebody had put onto YouTube um, an old VHS, which was a compilation of Roland Rat. Do you know that it was genuinely one of the funniest things I've ever seen? Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. I remember it. But, Rob, the humour, you could not get away with it now. It's it, very it was sexist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was incredibly adult. It was full of double entendre. Yeah. It, was, it was real near-the-knuckle stuff, but genuinely amusing. 
I think the thing is... I mean, it really shows you the cultural shift that's happened since the 80s mm. because you could not get away with any... I mean, literally, most of it was unbroadcastable. Alex, it was fun for the family, okay? For the children, they just liked, you know... <laughs> and, fans, uh, I don't know why you did it in Northern Accent that time, <laughs> by the way. No. Uh, and uh, for, the, for the adults, you know, a bit of smut to, uh, to keep... It them was smut. That's what it was, yeah. I love a bit of smut. You don't get that anymore these days. No. Talking of a bit of smut, Rob, do you need to read out this comment? Uh, no, to, uh, Ratman just says, Sainsbury's, you're blacked. Right. Talking of a bit of smut, Rob, also breaking with tradition. We're not going to end on the listener story because I've got one more story for you because it just, because it just is smutty. Oh, and just okay. because I, I don't know if there's anybody out there in South East London who is looking for a property to live. This is from the 27th of June. Um, I know I am, but um, I'm not going to be taking up this offer. This is a quick story from the new shopper. You can live in South East London rent-free, Rob. Right. Completely rent-free. Are you interested? But there are some pervy catches. London rent prices are pretty extreme, as we all know. But house house hunters in South East London and North Kent are still able to find rooms for free in exchange for some peculiar and kinky favours. Right. We've poked around on Craigslist. So this is the (coughs) team and you shop having nothing better to do. Right, okay. Really needed a story. And found the the online marketplace where you can find just about anything if you look hard enough and uncovered these unusual uh, rental listings. So this is one. Room to let in naturist house for single male, large house with garden and hot tub available now. Um, I mean, enough. that's not the end of the world. I, can, I, I would okay. happily see a man naked if I, if I like use this hot tub. This, this one. I'm a divorced bi guy. Live alone in a big four-bed house. I'm looking for a guy that is clean and discreet and open-minded. Like naked erotic... Like naked erotic... Like naked erotic massage and to blank you blank a few times a week in return for the room. Also have dogs and cats. Don't know if they're involved. That I would like someone to look after when I'm away in my villa in Turkey. So it must be animal lovers. Please send a picture and a bit about yourself if you're interested. There's no way that's genuine. I think it is. Uh, next one, single room available for open-minded female in exchange for friendship and a, in quotes, friends with benefits, close quotes, arrangements, free or minimal rent, all bills included, plus fast Wi-Fi in return. I'm looking for someone who will help out around the house generally, but also be happy for me to come into their bed sometimes or vice versa for adult. Fun. Why would you not just literally just trim it down as much as possible? We'll shag for free rent. That's all you need. Well, that would that would be the person who's advertising to, to be part. This is the this is the person who's free rent for free shags. Yeah, that's it. Perfect. I'll, that, I'll just going to put that onto my. Yep, you do that. Well, well, that brings this episode of LA Podcast, Local Anesthetic Podcast, to a close, Rob. And we look forward with a mixture of eager anticipation yet trepidation to our next episode, which will be episode 200 and... Oh, just... Yeah. Oh, we had to get a lot of responses, actually. So, what were we saying? Two, what's our next episode? 200... 216. Did I say it's 215 at the beginning? Did you I did, get yeah. It right? Yeah, yeah. Um, as we move ever more forward, like... Uh... Man that's reversing over to some bathing teenagers. And, and then re-reversing, or then, then driving over them again, um, in the panicked cries of... Uh, uh, a, uh, a horrified onlooker just like that we move ever more forward to our next episode which as I say will be episode 216 and all that remains Rob is to say goodbye to this episode now Rob <clears throat> just stop doing anything with the laptop a second okay. just give me your full concentration yeah, I will. we have an issue here don't we no for the last two weeks Rob the episode has been refusing to talk to you yeah. say goodbye I've, it's been bliss I mean I've, I've sent I've, wait, I've, no, Rob, I've never been Rob, so can happy. you just be quiet a second right I've also sensed some hostility and maybe passive aggressiveness on your part. Over the last two weeks? I mean, that's been over, well what, over a year now. So what we're going to do, Rob... Open hostility. Rob, what we're going to do, just for a couple of minutes, is 
I'm going to facilitate, me, Alex, yep. Yep. some relationship counselling between you and the episode. Okay? Right, episode, thank you for coming. It's good that you've come. That's an important first step. Can you say why you're not talking to Rob? Because he always puts me down. And he's never taken me anywhere. I want to be like the other episodes and go to Thorpe Park or somewhere. And every time I try and be nice to him, he just he insults me or says mean things or looks at me like I'm poo. That must be very distressing for your episode. Yeah, it is. I just want him to be nice to me. Okay, well, it's interesting hearing about the episode's issues in this relationship. We will come back to your episode, but Rob, do you want to say about how you feel? Yeah, he's a greasy little wanker. And how does it feel to hear that episode? Uh, distressing. Good. So, Rob, these feelings in you, they are quite um, hostile. Yeah, yeah. Because, presumably at one point, you and the episode had a good relationship. No. <laughs> Sorry. My I mean, if you're going to mediate, I don't think you should be laughing. And also... I mean, I, I have to say this episode, I'm really sorry, but I have to say this. Just fuck off. You're not welcome here anymore. I think there's a case to be made. I, sorry, the episode is crying. Good. Oh, I, good. I would just, I would just good. like to say... Oh, that makes... Honestly, that makes my heart sing. I would, I would like to suggest, Rob, that maybe next week we just have some personal one-to-one anger management sessions for you because... At the moment, I don't think that your attitude... You think my anger could get worse? I don't think your attitude... I certainly is, hope so. I don't think your attitude is very conducive at the moment to repairing things with the episode. Oh, no, I don't want to repair it. Why would I want to do that? So next week, we'll have a personal one-to-one. Okay, I'll tell you we've what, actually we can make it very personal and just have you here, and I'll just give the episode a miss. We have come to time, so... Um, <laughs> You're such a wanker. <laughs> we... Do you know what? 215 episodes, that's when it's been coming to that. <laughs> we can be found on our website, which is LAPodcast.net. I'm moderating what I was going to say as well. well. Please. We can be found on our website, which is LAPodcast.net. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash LAPodcast. We're on Twitter at, at LAPodcast. Go to our website, LAPodcast.net. All of the episodes are there. All of them for free. Go onto your iDevice, your Android device, go onto your podcast app, search for LA Podcast. I think on, on the Apple devices, you can search for Alex and Rob Local News. We come up. Please, please, if you haven't done it already, we know we have all these new listeners every week. Leave us a review. Those reviews really help us. Hit subscribe. Hitting subscribe really helps us. And by the way, go onto YouTube as well and hit subscribe there on our YouTube channel, which is lapodcast.net. And for those of you who don't know, the address of YouTube is youtube.com. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week. God bless. And keep it local.